while they're having a seat. If you need a Bible, I would encourage you to grab one. If you don't have one, all scripture today is going to be in your hands and not on the screen. So if you need a Bible, we got them in the back. We can have somebody bring one to you. Um, Josh, you want to take a look around? Everybody just raise your hand. If you need one, Josh will bring one to you. Or grab your phone if you have. And uh, I'll be asking you to turn to the book of Matthew, chapter 7 here. While you're turning there, I hope you had a good Christmas celebration. Some of you gathered with family. Some of you gathered in smaller groups than normal. Maybe you just said, we're getting all together no matter what. Some of you maybe dressed up. You enjoyed this special day. And some of you probably lounged around in your pajamas all day. Some of you maybe delivered presents to other people. Or maybe you went and served somewhere and thought, how can we be a blessing to somebody else? Maybe some of you decided you're going to stay home. You're going to play games. You're going to maybe put together a puzzle. Maybe you watched a Christmas movie. You're the one that probably stayed in your pajamas all day. You did that. Maybe you got stuck on social media. But of course, all of you, I'm assuming, especially those with children, probably opened up some presents. That's sort of what we do on Christmas, right? I don't know. um, I do know. Uh, Where's Lucas at? Lucas, can you come up here and help me? We all like presents, and so this morning I got three presents up here, and I thought, well, let's open up these presents, okay? So, Lucas, you're going to help me out today. You're going to get to pick a present just for you, and you can do whatever you want to do with that present. I didn't even ask him which one to pick, and he went for the big one. All right. Well, I'm not even going to lift it up because it might be heavy, so go ahead, rip it open. Lucas, how old are you? Seven. All right. Well, open it up like a seven-year-old, not like a 27-year-old. I had a college student open up first service, and he was just being so nice. Oh, go ahead, rip it open. A little bit faster. I got nine pages to go through. I think here, at least, something like that. This is called anticipation. I wonder what it is. Keep going. Don't worry about the bottom. Just go right for the top. Yeah. Oof. What's in there? Open her up. Yeah, I knew you could do it. There it is. Wow. Pull it out. Yeah. A can of candied yams, sweet potatoes and syrup with nutmeg and cinnamon. Nothing says I love you like Kroger. Good job. Excited about that gift? You're lying. <laughs> you, you have been raised so well to be polite. I'll tell you what. I'm feeling bad for you. So let's, let's just let's rip this one open. There's got to be something better than this one. Because they were packaged so nicely, weren't they? Did you like the wrapping? The bow? Yeah. This one, well, is a traveler thing of lotion. Not excited about that. And some Irish spring. But... It was used already, so I hope you don't mind that. It's not very COVID-friendly. Um, I'll tell you what. Let's just go with this. Here, you can have this. Um, you can have whatever's in it. It's yours, okay? You okay with that? You want to double-check in there? It's sort of mashed up. Sorry about that, Lucas. I just... Kleenex, I promise it's not been used like the soap. I promise. Okay. There, there might be more in there.
Oh, a $20 bill. Was that better than the yams? Yeah, I thought so. You can go ahead and have a seat. Thank you. Well done. You get to keep all of that. It's soap, too, if you want to come back and get that later. It's really up to you. So, You know, Lucas and then all the other kids, I had a Christmas list. I'm sure those things weren't on his Christmas list, maybe the money. But I had a Christmas list, too. I know somebody like, you did when you were little? I know. I didn't, didn't have all the resources that you guys have. Didn't have Amazon to, to look at or Google up gifts or my friends telling me this is the latest thing I needed to have. Didn't really, didn't really have that. I didn't have a smartphone in which I could go on and find things. Um, didn't have the social media commercials 24-7 me, telling me what I needed to get for Christmas. I had what we call, wait for it, the JCPenney catalog. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the adults are like, oh, yeah. yeah. All the kids are like, oh, what? It was a thick magazine with everything in it. And, you know, we'd, I would you know, sort of sift through that and write down what I wanted and give it to mom and dad. They look at my list, and of course, my birthday is close to Christmas, so sometimes there's a combo birthday Christmas gift underneath the tree. And then, oh yeah, and I've got five siblings, so there's six of us, so cross out some of the things because they can't afford everything. And then whatever they have in the bank, they didn't have a credit card, and they weren't going to take out a loan from me. So basically, you know, it's usually something, um, I'm going to say small, usually it's like one or two things that was impractical, right? That's what we got. Loved it, right? But here's the thing. What I got mattered to me. And it didn't matter how it was packaged. I knew it was coming from my mom and, and dad. And, and that, those gifts mattered. And when I think about gifts, my mind goes to Matthew chapter 7. So if you're not there, go ahead and turn there in Matthew chapter 7. I'm going to start in verse 9. And it says this. Jesus is talking to his disciples. Matthew 7, verse 9. It says, You parents, if your children... Ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or, or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask Him? So I was thinking about this, like, I love that passage because I asked for a mouse trap when I was a kid. My parents did not give me a pet rat, okay? I also asked for a football when I was a kid. My parents did not give me a broken bottle. See, my parents, who were sinful like me, they knew how to give me good gifts. And if our Heavenly Father, which is greater than our parents, who know how to give good gifts, what is He going to give? He's going to give something so much better, right? So much more, right? I don't know if you've ever received uh, a gift that's inappropriate, like, in, like age-appropriate. You know, it's like... Um, I don't know, parents in here who have toddlers or little kids, I bet none of you, well, at least I hope not, if you did, I gotta talk to you afterwards, gave your child keys to a brand new car, right? It's not appropriate. They can't drive, they just slobber on the key. They wouldn't know what to do with it, right? So you, we know about what is age appropriate. Not. Some, have you ever received a gift that's been broken before? Or how about you receive something, you're like, eh, I'm gonna return it, or maybe I'm just gonna re gift it. Don't raise your hand on that one, okay? But I think we've all experienced moments like that. That's how we do it, right? Ah, oh, I guess that wasn't appropriate. Oh, I guess that was, I shouldn't have given that it was sort of broken. It wasn't new to begin with. Oh, I'm going to, re, I'm going to return this. That, that's how we do it. But you know, that's not how God does it. That's not how God does it. The gifts that God gives us are appropriate. They're useful. 
They're ready to use now. And that's what I want to share with you this morning. Advent has come and gone. The Christmas story has been told. Hopefully it's been a tremendous time for all of us to remember why Jesus Christ came to this earth. He came to what? Seek and save the lost. He came to rescue us from our sins, from our mistakes, and and restore our relationship to God. He came to forgive us. He came to give us a future hope. It's sort of like this. He came us to bring what was hope, joy, peace, love, those things we talked about. Those are age-appropriate gifts given to us. Those are good and useful gifts that we do not want to return. Those are good gifts. Those are the kind of gifts you don't put on the shelf and or in the hide the closet and wait till later to pull them out and use them. Those are good gifts that he gives us for, for now. And I'm sure everybody understands our sinfulness and our need for salvation, right? Let's just get very basic here like I always do. I think we all understand that we're sinners. We mess up, we make mistakes. And we're in need of salvation. And Jesus comes and meets us at that point in time. And we pray and we ask God for forgiveness. And he says, I forgive you. And he becomes our what? Our savior. And we have now been saved. And then we look forward to this future hope of eternity in his presence. So it's like there's this gap in between here. It's like, I'm saved. You know, I've, I've made that decision. And someday I'll be with you in eternity, Lord, right? But there's this gap in between. And that's the part where I think some of us struggle with how to live the gap. Because you see, the gifts that God gives us are for the gap. The gifts that God gives us are to be used now, which is in the gap. He gives us daily forgiveness, a promise for a fresh new start. He gives us everything we need in that discouraging battle with sin. He gives us everything we need in life when we face doubt and despair. He gives us what we need to have for peaceful relationships with maybe an angry coworker or neighbor. He gives us what we need to overcome racism and prejudice. He gives us what we need to build our marriages with love and understanding and unity. He gives us what we need to parent our children with wisdom and patience. He gives us what we need to show grace to family members. He gives us what we need for love to replace the hatred in our hearts. Church, I could go on all day. He gives us all these things. These are gifts from God. Not to be opened up at a later time. I could really use some patience right now. And God's like, I'm giving it to you. That's one of my fruits of the Spirit. I don't want to pull it out though, but I gave it to you, right? Pull it out. Use it. In your Bibles, go back from Matthew. Go towards the back of the book, Second Peter. It's towards the back. If you get to uh, Revelation, you're too far. Small book. Written by Peter, one of the uh, one of the disciples of Jesus Christ, and then Peter, um, about thirty years after Jesus resurrected from the dead, Peter's traveled around. He's preached. He's he shared his faith. Got in trouble for sharing his faith. Matter of fact, some people believe he was in Rome in prison when he wrote this letter. 
And it's right before his execution. And Peter's like, I got one last thing I want to say to the church. And he starts off in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 1. He says, letting us know who wrote this. This is from Simon Peter. He says, a slave and apostle of Jesus Christ. I'm writing to you who share the same precious faith we have. Church, he's talking to us. If you have faith in Jesus Christ this morning, Peter says, that's me, that's you. I'm writing to you. This faith has been given to you because of the justice and fairness of Jesus Christ, our God and Savior. Look at verse 2. May God give you more and more grace and peace as you grow in your knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. Verse 3. By his divine power. Let me hear you say divine power. One more time. Divine power. Yeah. By his divine power, God's given us everything we need for living a godly life. We've received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he's given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you, listen to this, to share, to partake in, to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desire. I love what Peter does in verse 1. He says, hey, this is who I am. This is who I am in relation to Jesus Christ. Okay, He is God and Savior. He came to this earth to save me, but he is God. This is who I'm talking about. And he says, there's two gifts that he's given you. Grace and peace. And then he goes on, verse 3, and says, by his divine power, God gives us every single thing we need to live this godly life. God's divine power. Something only he can give, not man's ability. I can't drum up enough goodness in me to make it through the day, but by his divine power that I share, that you share, we can. Divine power, think about this. That's the same power that created the foundations of the earth, the sea, the majestic mountaintops. That power that we share. It's the divine power that expands the universe and marches the stars into its heavenly places. That power. It's divine power that fashions all creation and holds the keys to life and death. It's that power we share. By his divine power, he gives us everything we need. Everything we need. He's telling the people. He's telling us. You already have these gifts. You've received these gifts. I've given to you. It's called my Holy Spirit. It's in you. In the book of Acts, chapter 2, verse 38, the people were asking Peter, because he just laid out this incredible, powerful message, and they're like, oh, they're like melting, right? And like, what do we have to do? They just realized what they did to Jesus, and they're feeling really bad. He goes, what do we have to do? This is what Peter said. He goes, each of you must repent of your sins, turn to God, and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you'll receive the Holy Spirit. It's like Peter handed them a gift. You, you know what you need to do? Ask for forgiveness. Ask Christ to come in your life. Place your faith in him. Let the Holy Spirit come in. Be baptized. Here's your gift. Here you go. Here you go, everybody. It's like Peter's saying, I'm giving you this gift. It's from God. And everybody's like, hey, thanks, Peter. Appreciate it. See you tomorrow. 
Like, where are you going? See, the gift does no good unless you open it up. And we can listen to sermons. We can listen to people talk about God. But if we don't open up the word, we don't open up our hearts, we don't let God walk into our lives through his spirit and help us live it out, the gift is no good. Here's the thing. We've been saved. Eternity is over there, right? And I said, there's this gap in here. This gap is called also godliness. And we've been charged, according to God's word, to live a life of godliness. And it's like, well, what's godliness? Godliness is basically this. It's a reflection of God. How I live reflects the God I worship. Godliness. The time between conversion and eternity in God's presence looks a lot different than where I am at in this decaying world right now, right? But I'm supposed to live out a life of godliness while I'm here. And in this new life, godliness, I'm sharing a divine nature. You are sharing a divine nature of God that gives us a new identity. A new outfit, a new spouse, a new job, a new home does not change your identity. It just changes your surroundings. A lot of people are like, well, if I get this news, it'll change me. No, it won't. It changes things about you, but it doesn't change you. You are still you. Your identity is not wrapped up in what you have, what you possess, what you accomplish. Faith in God. That's our identity. That's where we find our identity, in God. If we try to find our identity in people, well, they think I'm really nice. They think I look really good. People change. Tomorrow they won't think that about you. So does your identity change? No. Because your identity is in Christ, not in others. Not in your bank account. Not in popular opinion. Not in your accomplishments. I'm not, divine, I'm not defined by what I do and don't do. If I fail at something, if I miss the mark, if I don't make the team, if I lose the game, that's not my identity. That doesn't make me a failure for life. Let me tell you who we are. Book of John. You can turn there if you want. I'm just going to give it to you. John chapter 1. John chapter 1, verse 12 and 13. It says this. But to all who believed him, it's Jesus Christ, and accepted him, he gave the right to be called children of God. Did you hear that? So whatever pop song you've listened to lately or rock star out there, or, or Hollywood person, hey, we're all children of God. They're lying. We're not all children of God. The world says, oh, we're all children of God. No. The Bible is very clear. I'm sorry, I believe God got his truth. God's truth says those who believe and receive Jesus Christ are children of God. That means those who do not believe in Jesus Christ, those who do not receive Jesus Christ, are guess what? They're not children of God. So we're not all children of God. Just those who believe and receive are children of God. If you're in here this morning and you believe in Jesus Christ and you've received him as your Savior, you are a child of God. That is your spiritual identity. That's your birth certificate, your Christian spiritual birth certificate right there. It goes on in verse 13 to say, They are reborn, not by physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a spiritual birth that comes from God. We've been spiritually reborn into a family. If you are sitting out here today 
or you're watching online and you have placed your faith in Jesus Christ, you are my or I'm your spiritual brother. We're part of the family of God. We've been adopted in. In your Bibles, if you're at 2 Peter, go back another book towards Revelation. Go towards the end of the Bible to 1 John. To the book of 1 John chapter 5. There's a scripture here. These truths have to be stated. and We need to be reminded things every now and then, right? 1 John chapter 5, verse 18, just right back behind 2 Peter there. It says this. We know that God's children... Oh, wait, wait. Who's God's children again? Those who believe and receive Jesus Christ. Okay? We know that God's children do not make a practice of sinning. In other words... I'm a child of God, I've given my life to him, and I'm going to go out purposely every day and sin just to throw in God's face. No, God's children don't do that. For God's Son holds them securely, and the evil one cannot touch them. Verse 19, we know that we are children of God, and that the world around us is under the control of the evil one, that's Satan. And we know that the Son of God has come. He's given us understanding so that we can know the true God. Now listen to this next part. And now we live in fellowship with the true God because we have fellowship with His Son, Jesus Christ. He's the only true God. He is eternal life. Dear children, keep away from anything that takes God's place in your hearts. See, I think John is like, hey, we're children of God. As children of God, let's behave like children of God. Let's live like children of God. Because we live in fellowship with God because we live in fellowship with Jesus Christ. We've got his presence with us. My identity is what Christ has given me, what Christ has given you. And I know that now, living in fellowship with him, I'm ready to face today. Because some of us aren't ready to face today. Some of us have all kinds of challenges going on in our life. We're like, I don't know if I can handle any more of this. Right? I've heard this, and I know this is going to be sort of the way it is with everybody, because we've all had, you know, like, oh, this has been an incredible year. I cannot wait for what? 2021. As if magically, January 1st at 12.01 a.m., you're going to be like, bing! And it's like, it's like, you know, the fairy tale where Cinderella, everything changes back to what was bad. It's like, boom, it all goes better. We're all going to be wearing gowns and, and suits and we're going to live in castles and there's no pandemic and there's, there's no more mask and there's no more unemployment and there's no more any of this googly good stuff, whatever. I just made up a word. I don't know what that was. But anyway, no more of that, right? If, if that's what we're thinking, because I can't wait till 2021. Can I just be honest with you? As if I've been lying. Okay. 2021... It's going to have a lot of 2020 in it. Sorry. January 1st, there's still going to be a pandemic. There's still going to be people unemployed. Politics are still going to be crazy and out of hand. Relationships are still going to be a battle. Sin is still going to exist. It's this way it's going to be. And, and, I, and I hate to burst your bubble if you had something going on there, but remember this. Jesus Christ came to us because he knows we can't go to him. Fourteen times throughout the New Testament, Jesus said, I came to earth. I came to earth. I came into this world. I came into this world. You remember why he came into this world? To save us from this world. A decaying, wretched place. Because I came here for you. Paul puts it awesome like in his personal testimony to Timothy. He says, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, and I'm the worst of all. 
Christ came, Christ came, and Paul's like, yeah, he came for me. I needed him. I needed him. See, Jesus Christ came into this world so that he could come into your heart, so that you could go into his kingdom. That's why he came. And as crazy as this world is right now, we need to remember why he came. John went on to say this in 1 John 4, 9. He goes, God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we could have eternal life through him. Church, what I'm trying to say is salvation is now, presence of God is, is down the road, right? Eternity. Eternal life starts right now. And in this gap in between of trying to live a godly life, we're already experiencing eternal life. You already have it. It isn't like, well, when I die, I get eternal life. You already got it. And we need to live like it. We need to live today and tomorrow and this next year through him as God's children would live. So when 2021 comes around and we're like hoping for more, instead of hoping for more of better things, how about we live better in a godly way? Because you already have all the gifts. God's already gifted you. Four gifts, real quick, I'm going to wrap this up. First thing God's given you is courage. He's given each and every one of you in here courage. Many of us have fears. There's nothing that could ever be thrown or known or exposed or revealed to you that isn't already covered by our all-seeing, all-knowing Heavenly Father. He already sees it. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were in that fiery furnace. Daniel was in the lion's den. Were they alone? No. God was with them. God was with them in the worst situations. God is with you now. So have courage. You are not alone. Second gift he's given you is called shamelessness. See, a lot of us mess up and we feel shameful. We feel guilty. We feel like exposed, like I can't believe I did this. Listen, church, as God's children, he tells us in Romans 8, chapter 1, therefore now there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. He goes on to say in verse 2, And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. Church, the second gift God's given you? Shamelessness. You don't have to be full of shame for the things you've done. You've been forgiven. Drop it. Move on in victory. Here's a third gift God's given you. Hopefulness. Some of us have maybe been discouraged because we're sitting there going, uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm sort of... I'm discouraged. I feel sort of like just blah, melancholy. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. There's been so much going on. I just need a break. I don't even know where to start. I don't even know where to start to take a break. And you're just really full of discouragement. Listen, he knows your limits. He knows what you can handle. So when you think you're at your breaking point, God knows. Don't be discouraged. He's right there with you in that moment. And as God's children, here's another gift he's given you, peace. You ever gotten on a merry-go-round before? Now the kids, uh, the circle of death, I don't know what you guys called it as a kid on the playground. But you know that's the thing you'd get on there and you push? They don't have them anymore. They got like padding all over them and seat belts and put a helmet on. And, ooh, okay, whatever. Um, back in the day, you'd get on a thing and you'd spin it so quick, you're like, you're like hanging, your feet are like flying off the edge and you just didn't want to let go and you're just screaming, slow it down, right? Everybody knows it. Yeah, the parents in here, you guys get it. Someday, take your kid back to your old school, if they have it there anymore, and show them that little, or Google it. I'm sure they'll find it, right? Do you ever feel like life is like that? You're just hanging on. 
Do you ever feel that way before? And you're just like, just somebody stop this, please, right? And you just, there's no peace in you. You're like, I can't, I don't have anything in right now. Everything's out of control. God's given you the gift of peace. He has. Look at, think about these gifts that he's given you. He's given you peace. He's given you hope. He's given you shamelessness. He's given you courage. Church, we have so many good gifts. Let's open them up and use them. Don't leave them on the shelf for 2020, okay? Pull them out as we go into 2021. Worship team, would you come forward, please? I know 2021 is going to contain some challenges and disappointments, just like we experienced in 2020. But what God has given us, has equipped us for 2021, 2022, 2023, and so forth and so on, until we get into the presence of God. You're equipped, church. You got it. You know, Wednesday night at our worship night, I shared with everybody, I said, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. And I'd mentioned it like, I was like, but the one thing is missing is snow. And I said, I hope we get some snow. Otherwise, I'm going to be stumpy, grumpy, uh, or grumpy, stumpy, or something like that. I can't remember what I said. And I got a couple text messages uh, from some people in the church on Christmas Day because it was snowing. And I got a couple of text messages, yay, it's snowing, Pastor X. No more grumpy, stumpy. And I was like, true, thank you. I was was excited. I was happy. But I had mixed emotions. I'll tell you, I had mixed emotions on Christmas. You know why? Because I got my snow, okay? My mom, she got like six inches in Indiana. And my nephew got like a foot, you know, in South Bend. And I don't care. I got got a little snow. And I had the lights on, playing Christmas music. But I was excited about it. But here's the negative part. I was sad because Christmas was going to be over. Church, I got 363 more days till the next Christmas, right? It's like, that's a long time to wait to celebrate. See, that's my problem. I, I don't have to wait 363 more days to celebrate the gifts of God. I don't have to wait 363 days to say, Jesus has come and we get to celebrate Christmas, right? I don't have to. You don't have to either. We can celebrate it every day, maybe without the Christmas music if you want, okay? But we can celebrate that every day of our life. He has come, and he's given us so much. He is good, isn't he? Would you stand, please? Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for coming to this planet to save us, to give us eternal life. But God, while we're here in between the gap, trying to live a godly life, Lord, help us open up these gifts that you've given us and to use them. Oh, how precious they are. Thank you, God. Thank you for giving us courage. Thank you for giving us the shamelessness. Thank you for giving us hope. Thank you for giving us peace. Thank you for giving us victory over sin. Thank you for giving us love when we need it in moments of anger and hatred. Thank you, Lord, for all the things that you give us. They are good. So God, we just want to sing to you one more time before we leave this place. We just want to worship you and say, God, you're good. You're so good. Thank you. So Lord, let us sing to you now. We love you. In our name we pray. Amen.